0: She said Captain Kirk right there. She did.
1: All I that- guess it's in, in any language. <laughs> That's right.
0: Captain Kirk transfers. I remember that when that song first came out because you know, before she recorded the English version, kind of badly, uh, <laughs> that German version, you just go along and all of a sudden Captain Kirk pops up. So it's 99 Loft Balloons. And why? Everyone's, what's the line? Everyone's a superhero. Everyone's a Captain Kirk. So yeah, there's not really German for Captain Kirk. <laughs> She's just, she could have yelled, just, God. <laughs> Everybody would have known. So that's a little clue as to what we're doing this week. Finally, we're getting around to our special guest, which we'll introduce here in a minute. And we're talking about our favorite German horror flicks. So that's, uh, that's right up my ancestral alley, at least uh, a little bit. So we'll get to that. But first, we've got to say some thank yous and take care of some housekeeping from last week when it was the Fright Club Live.
1: It was. And we did the Are They Really a Vampire? Countdown. And Lisa G on Twitter, she wanted to shout out to all of the songs you pick. George Wolf. Thanks, Lisa G. I turned that mother out. That's right. I think she's a Concrete Blonde fan. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. It was a good that's one. It's one of
0: those that people hear and they probably remember it, but then they oh, yeah. kind of forgot. Yeah. yeah it's that's a good was, one. That was kind
1: of a jam. They had yeah. a couple
0: of songs back then. Thank you, Lisa G.
1: And our buddy Silas agrees that Milo and Otis is a terrifying film. <laughs> I
0: know. If you missed it last week, why? And second of all, uh, you have to go back. It turned into this Milo and Otis conversation. It all started with. Hope having a beer, (laughs) and next thing you know, we're talking about Milo and Otis, (laughs) and it is terrifying. Thank you, Silas. And our B-movie bro, Paul, was happy to see Martin at the top of that list. Yeah, it's
1: a great movie. It is. that
0: was good to get get that one at the top of the list and talk about those, and also to see The Reflecting Skin, because
1: a lot of the people, a lot of the crowd had not seen that flick. And, And I guarantee nobody has seen it on a big screen, myself included.
0: You know, and it's not a traditional, as we said, not a traditional horror film, but I think most of the, the crowd was digging it.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's it's kind of horrific. I mean, it's not super bloody, but right. it's it's got a David Lynch feel about it that you yeah, can't shake, which I
0: love. It does. They were either digging it or just being polite. <laughs> so either way, we appreciate that. And Speaking
1: uh, of polite, we called NACMAC a malcontent. Yeah,
0: why did. did we do that? I don't I, remember
1: why. We, I mean, it fits. He certainly is one. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't mind the malcontent, but I think you sighed, and so he thinks he's going to have to stop making comments on Twitter that you're tired of him. But it's not true. I didn't sigh. I said he. You probably sighed at me. I was probably drinking.
0: He said he commented of my fair enough, where I said fair enough, oh, okay. which I kind of do sometimes. Uh, that's a little crutch I have, I think. But yeah, it, it wasn't a
1: sigh, was it? I don't know. I, I'm going to say if you were tired of anything, it was probably me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not
0: tired, <laughs> <of> you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it coming. Keep it coming. We appreciate it always. So uh, so that's fair enough.
1: Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and last one, Mike, who's been listening to old podcasts. And we opened him up to found footage, which is ironic because, of course, I hated found footage until we decided I was going to do that that topic as well. Yeah. And we found a bunch that were really good and he liked. It was the magic of Troll Hunter. It always is. It is, isn't it?
0: It really always <laughs> is the magic of Troll Hunter. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, it was Fright Club Live. We look forward to the next edition of Fright Club Live, which is coming up on Wednesday, September 13th. And it's going to be Ginger Snaps.
1: Woo-hoo! We're going to talk about Evil Sisters. Well, you I know about some. that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, by the way, we want to thank the Gateway Film Center, uh, always, but uh, I, we were just hip to the fact that they put out on the website, gatewayfilmcenter.org, they've got all the rest of the films, uh, the Fright Club live films, for right. the rest the of the rest year. the rest of the lineup up there. Yeah. So just, yeah,
1: just go to gatewayfilmcenter.org and just search Fright Club and you'll see everything we have planned for yeah. the
0: rest of this year. and speaking Of, well, next year, we weren't speaking of, but we will now. You're hard at work on the schedule for next year, 2018.
1: I I am. I've got about, I've got it narrowed down to like, I think 17 or 18 movies. So I got some pruning yet to do. I have to like figure out. When is the best, so we don't have like three really bloody terribles, right. you know, kind of even it out a little bit. That's the kind of
0: thought that goes into this. See, it's scheduling, it's programming for your viewing and listening enjoyment. That's right. That's what we're doing here. So all that is coming up, but uh, we got to get to the uh, topic at hand, and that is our favorite German horror films. And we welcome our special guest. We've been trying to schedule this now for a long time. We getting- have. Fright clubber he's number too busy, one. He's just busy,
1: and he's been ignoring us. In and here. it's not because we keep pushing him back after we have scheduled somebody else. That's not what happened. Welcome,
0: John Dean. It's not my
2: schedule that pushed this back. <laughs> no. I think everyone knows that. Yes. I'm pretty available most of the time.
0: Yeah, let's but Yes, be- thank you for we having me. We just joined by it. World
1: of Beer, assuming he'd be there, and we dragged him over.
0: <laughs> That's he- pretty much how it goes. <laughs> he just calls up World of Beer. Are there any messages for me? <laughs> yes. Hope and George were looking for you. Yeah, so after some delay... You're back, and we've got a, a list. We've each got a top five, and um, you know it's it's pretty close. It is. There are there's some uh, discrepancy in the order, and one or two movies that we have that uh, that you don't. But is this a was this a topic? Did you guys choose this together? I know you were kicking around some of your favorite genres. Is this one? Well. Uh-
2: this really has its roots as a topic of discovery for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, a couple of years ago, my mother-in-law got me one of those like DNA spit test things, <laughs> and as luck would have it, I'm like two-thirds German. Okay. And uh, as if the uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, and ability to drink beer by the leaders right, right, <laughs> didn't exactly. away, yeah, the leader um, <laughs> doesn't help either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, but it was not a, a topic I was very familiar with in the horror arena, um, and I had enjoyed some of your previous country of origin podcasts mm-hmm. in, the, in the past, especially that Korean mm. uh, oh, podcast. But yeah. As I found here, the Germans are a little more succinct when it comes to their storytelling. <laughs> they
1: are. <laughs> it's actually, I'm a little surprised we haven't done it before. Germany has a phenomenal history in the in the genre. Like, phenomenal, because some of the very, very earliest films, and we'll talk about that in a bit, uh, from the 20s, are German. Right. And, and then, uh, sort of, when the World Wars broke out, you know, the film commission turned to just propaganda and a lot of the greatest artists of the country were sort of, you know, they left. Yeah. They left the country yeah. or died. And then it took a long time for them to rebuild. So you'll see this huge gap of decades. And then they came back strong. I mean it's it is a it's an incredibly bountiful nation in terms of horror films so I'm excited that we're finally doing it
0: yeah so we've each got a top five before we get to that you want to talk about you you did some some cutting and pasting and some reworking and got the list to no and you sent me three different versions before you set it yes. on your final I version did. so do you want to talk about the ones that just didn't quite make
1: it you no know, I tell you what there's um there uh, Germany have a lot of films so necromantic necromantic two and then there's another one about a killer penis those three did not make this list what Piqued my interest. I, I remember thinking, like, as I was sort of going, "Like, damn, this is a lot of movies on this one particular weird <laughs> topic." So we may have another podcast just on that. But there are uh, a bunch that that I kept trying to fit in and just couldn't. Uh, and one of them is Mark of the Devil, uh, which is one of those like witchfinder general style, you know, horror films. And Udo Kier is in it, who of course I love. Mm-hmm. And it's um, very dated. But it's still a great movie and it's really difficult to watch. It's very horrific and a lot of times those witch films can be. And I really wanted that on there. A couple of others I honestly just, I thought would be. Like I just couldn't believe that I wound up with with a list that didn't have these on. And One is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which of course has been... On many of our podcasts before, it's a brilliant, gorgeous,
0: yeah, and that's one of the ones you were talking about going way back yeah. to the history in fact, a lot of fact, nineteen twenty a lot of people point to that as maybe you know, the first quote unquote horror film. you can have an argument there, but at least yeah. it's in that team picture,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. and it's and it's it's also uh, it looks like nothing else right, and right. and you know you, you when you watch it, you see it pop up in in so many films since then. And then the other one that, you know, I'm mean, going to ask with you, I watched it again in preparation for this, and then it originally was in the very, uh, very definitely in the running. And then as I watched it again, I realized that it's a bit slower and a bit campier than maybe I had recalled it being. So um, Werner Herzog's Nosferatu, the vampire, did yeah. not make it. I'm kind of surprised yeah. at that, too. It made the early cut. It definitely did, but it didn't make the final cut. And then the one other, I don't think I really thought it was going to make it, but I've always kind of wanted to talk about it, is this movie called The Fan from 1982 It's very 1982, and it's about like a a fanatic of sort of a pretty boy band. Let's say Duran Duran, (laughs) Germany's version of Duran Duran. It's about one pathological, insane fan of uh, Germany's version of Duran Duran and the lengths that she goes to to keep her beloved forever. And it's incredibly slow and super weird. But weird in a good way. Somewhat
0: similar to the Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes, the fan from the 90s. Remember that
1: Yeah, I do remember that one. No, it's not like that at all, because I don't think either one of them eats the other one. I don't think so, no. no. So those were the ones that didn't quite make my list. Did you have any that you were considering and then dropped? I had a few that
2: really just kind of got pushed out. And I think you mentioned them. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, that was one. Absolutely beautiful. Enjoy that movie. There's just too many things to put in front of it it's true on Mm -hmm. this list
0: yeah okay so that's the bubbling under let's get to the actual meat and potatoes here we'll start at number five and this one actually happily is number five on both of our Mm -hmm. lists and it's just when michael arrives in berlin to visit his ex-girlfriend a terrible virus starts spreading across the city at a rapid pace turning people into mindless homicidal maniacs from 2010 it's rambach berlin undead So as I think I mentioned a little earlier,
2: the Germans' pace for for their (laughs) movies are a little more brisk. This Mm -hmm. one is a very quick 63 minutes, uh, which is surprising, but it was fine with me. Um, After I had watched the first time, I went back to start timing some of the appearances. I mean, you get the first hint that something is wrong two minutes into this movie. Right. You hear a a siren in the background and some general mayhem. The first zombie attack happens at six minutes into this movie, (laughs) which was phenomenal. But I, I kind of have a soft spot in my heart were zombie movies and this one was it was a lot of fun it was a pretty quick but fun ride Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i love this movie and i i don't think i thought i would when i first saw it because on the surface it's kind of a cross between 28 days later and quarantine or wreck right Mm -hmm. because they're trapped inside an apartment building Mm -hmm. um and rather than being you know zombie zombies it's like a rage virus very much like Twenty Eight days later and and you know when you do get outside you just get this decimated you know Major metropolitan cities, like like again, twenty days later, it kind of had all those things going against it. But I just loved it, and a lot of it was the quick pace, you know, and and a lot of it was uh, Michael is just sort of this so believable everyday guy. He's just you know he's just a dude that you totally buy. And then um, I, I really think that the the other apartment dwellers, their humanity and humor are really engaging. They really bring you into this sort of let's. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can make this happen. Let's, you know, and, and more than I think most, especially zombie films, other than maybe One of the Dead, I found myself rooting so hard that they make it. You know, I wanted so badly, which in a lot of movies, I mean, I'm a little jaded. I've seen a couple of horror films and, I, you know, just like, <laughs> oh, they're going to die. Oh, how long till this one goes? And I didn't feel that way in this one. I was incredibly like optimistic and and eager for them to do well. I just think it's it's a fun movie and it's just one that really pulls you in regardless of the fact that it's over and, you know, barely over an hour.
0: So that's number five on both of our lists, Rombach, Berlin Undead. And before we get to, we start to going our separate ways here on the list. John, we've referred to him before as Fright Clubber number one that's because right. he goes all the way back to our first Fright Club live a couple of theaters ago and at least a couple of years ago. Or was it three? How yeah. far back do we go? Anyway, been there from the start. So, other than that, just, just quickly, your, your history as a horror fan.
2: Okay, well, I really got into horror movies in college, which, I mean, you get into a lot of things in college, I suppose, but for <laughs> me, it was horror movies, um, and it was... um my my girlfriend at the time, wife now Heather, who uh, I think we started dating in the fall of '99, and one of the first things we did was sat down and watched all the Halloweens back to back. To back nice, because she couldn't believe I hadn't seen them, and so that has really kind of. So spawned she's in... to blame. She, is, uh, you know, <laughs> I for would assumed Heather was to blame, but <laughs> it, it's true. And, and um, I don't have hobbies; I have obsessions. So if I get <laughs> like the bug on anything, it's I, I don't half-ass anything; it's a whole ass. <laughs>
0: So, whole ass on beer and horror movies. And baseball. <laughs> and baseball. Well, we nice. gotta respect that. This is
1: why we like this we guy. We respect
0: <laughs> that. All right. So, uh, moving on to number four uh, on our list, it's the story of a wolf striving through the woods around an isolated German village. And Jacob, the young local police officer, is onto him, but senses something more in the darkness from 2014 Der Samurai.
1: Bukowski, and that's a name. I love that name. I know, that's a name to get behind. So he stars as Der Samurai, and he cuts an impressive figure. He is in this film, and the way that they frame him from the beginning, he's he's very, to say androgynous isn't exactly it. He's shown up in this town with a samurai sword to do some serious damage. He's also wearing a lovely white gown, and for some of it, some very uh, bright red lipstick. It's Never Sunday ex-
0: go to meet and close. Exactly. It's never
1: explained. <laughs> it's never suggested as to what's going on there. It doesn't matter in the slightest. He kills a great, great number of people. But he has an unusual sort of chemistry with the sole really police officer on duty, who uh, the police chief and most of the town inhabitants think of as being very soft. So as we start the film, he is supposed to kill this wolf who is causing causing damage. And he just can't bring himself to do it, mm. and they knew he wouldn't because he's soft. When then you get, it's really a very bizarre and dreamy sort of twisted fairy tale. It brings in a lot of images from particularly Brothers Grimm Germanic folklore, right? Um, and and then also really, uh, it's very focused on sort of either embrace the monster within or discard it forever. But it doesn't do it in that Jekyll and Hyde kind of way. It does it in a very psychosexual way that I think uh, was handled brilliantly and I don't think we've seen particularly well in other horror films. I do want to
2: point out on this one it's uh, 79 minutes so we're two movies in a double feature <laughs> we're still not up to one Korean horror movie.
0: <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point and that is our uh, number four Der Samurai so you're number four John you've actually got one that we talked about in our not quite made it what do you have? Uh, it's Anatomy,
2: uh, right. which is a story of a uh, a young woman who wins a, a, play, a place at a very exclusive medical school. Mm-hmm. She gets there. Her grandfather has roots in this school. He was, you know, one of the leaders of it in the past. Very dry humor. I mean, when she goes to the very... hospital to tell him that she made it, he asks, can you pull the plug on your way out? I mean, <laughs> that seems kind of, you know, I'm not sure what it seems like, but I'm like, <laughs> that seems German. A bit wicked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, German. Um <laughs> anyway she makes her way there she finds that this group the society this uh this group of people that have a different way of handling um cadavers and dissection and Mm -hmm. perhaps maybe get more out of the the victims i'll say here are alive so um (laughs) i I thought it was great and this was also the only one that we watched or i watched in preparation for this that had nazis in it and that kind of surprised me a little bit
1: right right um it turns out i think germans don't celebrate that very much
2: yeah and i can see why I can see why. I can understand that, but obviously, I would see that as a as a source of horror, something that would. Oh yeah, it's horrific. Definitely. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Fertile ground, but this was the only one.
1: Right. You know, uh, and actually, that film uh, was the highest grossing film in Germany in 2000. It was a huge, enormous smash hit in Germany the year that it came out, which I thought was fascinating because I'd never heard of it. I mean, I didn't hear about it for several years. Uh, Franka Potent is the um, student. She's always great. The medical horror, the body horror in yeah. this is, is very interestingly, graphically, but not super bloody in the way that it's done. It's got a little bit of a Cronenberg feel about it, which, of course, I always love. It turns into a little bit too more, too much of a slasher for me, although there is some... Dark humor to it that I think is is interesting and compelling. But it is it's a super fun movie and and uncomfortable.
0: So John's number four for German horror is Anatomy uh, from two thousand. Moving up to our number three, and this is actually John's number two. So we are all three digging this movie. Twin boys move to a new home with their mother after she has face changing cosmetic surgery, but under her bandages is someone the children don't recognize. We love this from twenty fourteen. Good night, mommy. Mama? This was interesting because you, when you were making up the list, I know you forgot about this I for a did. while and then said, oh, I forgot Goodnight Night, Mommy. Well, that's going in there. That <laughs> has to go in there because this one, we, we've talked about it and we fell all over the place about it uh, in our list of 2014, not yep. only in horror, but in overall films yep. because it was so effective.
1: It's dreamlike. It's twins, which, of course, love. Any horror movie <laughs> that has twins in them, I'm all on board. It's Austrian point of fact, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why uh, I think it didn't come up at first in my head to, to put it on here, but it is German language, so we went ahead because both John and I, and, and, and of course you as well, we all wanted to talk about it, so it's on the list!
0: Yeah, it's on the list. Damn you. <laughs> my rules. <laughs> that I know from the beginning. It's always been Hope's rules. That's right. And they auditioned 240 twins, that's the twins, before they found uh, these two, who are great, by the way. And they didn't, uh, they, none of the actors were given the script until... They started filming, and it was filmed chronologically. Nice. And it has—you mentioned the visuals; it has such a such a dreamlike feel. Some of the, the just the images yeah. are, are are nightmarish. Yeah. And um, you know, we're not going to give away the ending, whether you guess it or not. I don't think it matters.
1: No, I think you're right. One of the things that can be a disappointment when you're first watching it is you say to yourself, "Oh, I've already figured this out." But I think one of the strengths of the film is that's not the only. Thing that they have you guessing about. It simply isn't. And also, what I think is really powerful, and, and the same thing with the reflecting skin. One of the things, if I think you, if, if you do it well, you've got a great movie on your hands, is that it tells a story from the point of view of these children. So there are oftentimes, they simply accept something. And as a viewer, you're like, why are there so many bones in that cave right now? <laughs> Nobody's going to explain this to me, are they? You know, no, because these kids just accept that it's there. What's was the to deal with those slug things. But it's, uh, it's an incredibly effective. Again, nightmare about parenthood, but it's not just from the point of view of the parent. It is. Yeah. It's nightmarish for the parent, but it's also quite nightmarish from the child's perspective, which I think, so I just think it works on like every level.
2: You had referenced the, uh, the what I'll call the primary twist. Right. I never saw it as a twist. I thought it was rather
0: obvious. Well, see, but that, that's all right, too. And that's another way of looking at it, which I, I still don't think it matters.
2: Yeah, It didn't. Right? I mean, I saw, and by the time I got to the end, I'm like, I'm about 80% sure that this was... An obvious plot point, not something... I can see that from us. I mm-hmm. can see I that. thought it was rather obvious. And I still loved the movie. First time through. Yep. Second exactly. time through. Yep. Third time through. Yep. Exactly. Every time through.
0: Yep. That's, that's exactly the way I feel about it. And that's Good Night, Mommy. we all love that. My, our number three and John's number two on our list of the top German horror. And moving up to our number two. And this one actually is uh, one that John has at number one. So, uh, again, we're in a lot of agreement here. Two violent young men take a mother, father, and son hostage in their vacation cabin and forced them to play sadistic games with one another for their own amusement. From 1979, the original Michael Haneke's Funny Games. We've talked about this one before.
2: Noch.
0: Man, it's so chilling. And of course, the, the, the thing to remember here is that a few years later, he made a shot-for-shot shot American remake that is also chilling. But obviously here we're talking about the original and and this is the one that first got it on the radar and had people, I think this is a movie that people got upset about of what he was doing once once they got into it. Some people, you know, didn't like the, for lack of a better term, games he was playing with the audience here, but there was a point to it and it was so effective.
2: So the reason this one is number one for me is it makes me so uncomfortable yeah, to watch from yeah. beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And between the the German original and the American remake, I've seen this, I don't know, probably nine, ten, maybe a dozen times. I don't know. <laughs> and it's that same feeling um, of all the horror I've seen, that egg scene near the beginning, yeah. as you're starting to realize something's not right with these two, yeah. these two boys, oh, it just squirms. It, it gets under my skin. And I just, I hate it. I want to burrow into the back of the couch every <laughs> single time. And it's really because I think he, he's taking manners and social interactions yes. that are normal and everyday things that uh, all of us experience a million times a day. And he just perverts them. Right. And I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it at this <laughs> point, but with the eggs and the warranty, well, are you going give us some more? And and uh, I'm like, holy cow. And then, of course, uh, what comes when you get near the end of the movie, just how nonchalant they are about. Yeah the things that they are doing, which are horrific.
1: Yeah, I think so. Michael Haneke is one of the greatest filmmakers ever of all time. Yeah, no matter what
0: language he's working right. in or what genre right. he's German, working French, in, German, French, English, see his movies. See them
1: all. See them all. Uh, see them more than once. And in this case, you can because he made it twice. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I think you're right, uh, particularly about the villains. And and in both films, the teenage boys are magnificent. In the, in the German-language film, Arno Frisch and Ulrich Mühl play the two teens, and they are... Perfect mm-hmm. you know, and it there's just the, just this sort of bored sadism wafts from them and and uh, so authentically and brilliantly, and I actually think in a way that strikes me as very German, the behavior of these two boys and I actually think that and you can see it in the white ribbon, uh, another Haneke masterpiece uh, is yes. that he he seems very to me interested in the Germanic sort of root in what became Nazism. And then in this one, sort of what's left over, like, what is it? But, but he's doing something with teens that, you know, that you see in A Clockwork Orange or I mean, you see this in a lot, a lot, a lot of films, the idea that teens are just brutes and bored and sadistic and and the mayhem that they can that they can create with that. But I think the brilliance here, uh, besides the way he toys with sort of social interaction, is that he doesn't like horror films and he's made a horror film basically right. to sort of point the finger back at us, right? We're participating in the brutalization of this family and he's going to, and he's very clear in the way he films it that we are. Oh yes. We are part of this. It's happening because we're here. That's the only reason it's happening uh, and uh, it's but it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, and that's the whole thing. His his intention he has he has stated before that his intention was not to make the quote unquote horror film but rather a comment about the influence of media violence on society mm. and, and was pretty sure that many people were going to misunderstand the whole thing. I think he's right about that. But when you, especially on multiple viewings, you can really see where he's going and why people are uncomfortable yeah. with it for those reasons that they are forced to admit that they're part of this. Mm-hmm. And that was where it becomes so effective. And just
2: in case you miss it, I mean, they break the fourth wall and explain it yes, to us. exactly. Yeah, and make it rather obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: even um, even up to that one. You know, it's not a huge spoiler at, the, at one point where they say uh, the one character says, Paul says the line, we're not up to feature film length yet. That comes right at the ninety five minute mark. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's it's down to it's the way he makes movies. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's it's so precise. Yeah. It's so well done. And it's a great, as you say, John, very uncomfortable uh, comment on basically he's he's almost saying to the audience, why are you watching yeah, this? Exactly. And why are you enjoying it? Right. And think about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's it's chilling. Funny Games, the original German language version from 1979, is our number two and John's number one. And that moves us up to our number one. You could probably guess all the way back to 1922. Vampire Count Orlok in Nosferatu.
1: So a sentimental favorite. And uh, this is
0: John's number three, so it it's is. up there for you as well.
1: Sure, and, and
0: actually, I, I
2: realized after watching to the Vampire, this one... Very, very similar.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: But but still just looking at, uh, comparing the two, thinking about it, as I, as it became obvious that both couldn't make the list, mm-hmm. Nosferatu was the obvious pick for me.
1: I mean, it's a brilliant movie, and it's an amazing, groundbreaking feat in cinema. You know, it, 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 technically speaking, the way he uses shadow, the way he yes. the way he uses prectal effects in a way that clearly 1920s and 1922 had never been done before, F.W. Murnau. There are so many things about it that are amazing and brilliant and still scary today, regardless of the fact that it is a silent film. And so you've got that sort of that very dramatic overacting uh, that they did in the silence. It seems quaint today, and, and, but it's still really, really creepy. And just the look of yeah. the character. Oh, it looks, Yeah. Oh man. Max Schreck. That's the thing, right? When it comes down to it. All, my favorite vampire of all time is Count <laughs> Orlok. Of all time. And one of the things I love about this, and of course, so Murnau was trying to make Dracula and he couldn't get the rights and so he just changed a few things the names obviously got sued anyway yeah um, but uh, so he did change some things about it but it was one of the uh, it was the earliest version of dracula on film and what we've grown used to since then is this very romantic figure mm-hmm. and uh, uh that is not he likened it to the plague which was fascinating. And so for that reason, then his vampire is very rat-like. He's vermin-like. Oh, yeah. He, he's Looks not like seductive a rat. Yeah. in any way, you know? And I think that that's a fascinating way to look at because in, in most versions of Dracula, he's sort of this, you know, um, eternal life. Whereas this is much more like doom and nasty and, yeah. and his look is so perfect and there's just big claws for fingers and he just looks like a big naked mole rat. Um <laughs> yeah I love him. I love this movie. I love everything that they, they they did with it uh in terms of just the look of it and uh and so yeah it had to be number one for me.
0: Well it's interesting you mentioned it changed things because they didn't want to get sued. One of the one of the biggest things they changed was it was the first vampire story to bring up the idea of sunlight being lethal to vampires. Mm. And since since then, that has become just an accepted part Absolutely. of vampire lore. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they got sued anyway. Even though it was obvious
2: in some of the shots that they were filmed in the daylight. <laughs> yes, that is uh, true. <laughs> so,
0: the, so
2: the word I wrote down for this was just mesmerized. And I think as, as a fanboy and not a critic, I don't have to uh, appreciate it for all the very uh, acceptable and, and necessary reasons and accurate reasons that you do. I just, I was mesmerized from beginning to end. Yeah. And there was one little break kind of in the middle where the professor, professor character was going over the predatory plants and things like that. <laughs> and, and I found myself just very enthralled by that. I mean, who doesn't like to see a Venus flytrap chow down on a bug? I mean, that was the, <laughs> Which was not in the, uh, the no. second one. <laughs>
0: you, you know, and you were mentioning, too, timing things out. Uh, actually, Count Orlock doesn't come into this movie until 21 minutes into the film. And even then, he's only on screen for less than 10 minutes throughout the entire film. But you're just, you can't take your eyes off of him. No. And you mentioned the the way they use light and shadow. That that makes it mesmerizing for me. Um, and, and yes, it is apparent sometimes that they weren't filming at night. But still, it casts that... Nightmarish um, image, especially with the way Orlok looks. That just is one of those where you just can't look away.
1: Yeah, no, it's really true. And you know, a lot of filmmakers, well, uh, Herzog used the, uh, a lot of the same sort of um, light and shadow play when he made Nosferatu yes. the Vampire. And of course, in Coppola's version, he actually, he goes to town with the way the shadows behave. Oh, yeah. But it all started with Murnau, the way he makes him part of the shadow, shadow world. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I and I think that, yeah, I think that his vision, you don't see it as much. You see it, and when you do, when an Orlok-style vampire pops up in like, you know, what we do in the shadows, or or yeah. y- <laughs> it really stands out. You're like, oh, look. It, it, you know, you don't see that style of vampire very much, but the, the balance of what he did Really did create an architecture that that most vampire movies, as you mentioned, the sunlight you mm-hmm. know have stolen, which we 're okay with because it's, he did they're good too. ideas that 's right <laughs> so we're all... he, he literally stole it and, and you know was sued so we are all team
0: Orlock, uh, and that is Nosferatu, our number one and john 's number three, a winner all around on our list of the top five German horror films. all right, what do you think? With our picks, you got some that should have made the list and, and thought that we didn't talk about? Let us know. It's easy to keep the conversation going on Twitter. That's the best way. We are at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F. Are you on Twitter, John? Uh, n- Not really.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i have a handle
0: but i think i have like 70 tweets
2: to my name over like a decade well so. let's kick
0: it off what are you what are you on, on well, and,
2: and because i don't know how to create a handle it's j h n m d n and the number one okay yeah. okay right. it's just my name without vowels that's really <laughs> what it is <laughs>
0: But I am on Facebook, and you can find me stalking the Columbus Horror Society yeah, page quite a bit. Absolutely. That's right, and that's always, that's always good to do. Uh, so we look forward to our next Fright Club Live. We talked about it a little bit, uh, but mark it down if you can make it. We're always, the second Wednesday of every month. Our home away from home is the Gateway Film Center right there on High Street, Columbus, Ohio. Which, by the way, let's give another plug to the Nightmares Film Festival, which yes. is coming up in October. Let me tell you, if you can make it. And we heard from uh, our new, one of the new Fright Clubbers, Letitia. think. She's, She's planning coming. on coming, nice. so you know if you can, if you're in the area, it is going to be a fantastic few days full of horror movies and and just you know communi- making a communal experience with filmmakers and film fans. So you're check- going, are you, John? Yes, I've got my mm-hmm. ticket. I will be at the Gateway and World of Beer for the entire weekend. <laughs> I mean, you can fall down the Gateway and be, be at World of Beer,
1: That's
2: which right. you've
0: probably done, <laughs> but uh- yeah, more than once, more than a dozen times. <laughs> So, yeah, make that if you can. And uh, as we said, the next uh, Fright Club Live, September 13th at the Gateway, that is going to be Ginger Snaps. And the topic is
1: Sisters. Sisters. We actually have a bonus Fright Club because there are five weeks in this month. So, oh, there's oh, one oh. in between now and then back to school. We're going to do one on Scary Teachers. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> i looking okay. forward to that. So, so <laughs> much going on. So, uh, look us up, like I said, uh, on Twitter, at Mad Wolf. Uh, the main website is madwolf.com. You can check out all our reviews of horror films, non-horror films, and just a lot of uh, overall fun. And our Facebook page is Mad Wolf Columbus. So, so much going on. We look forward to hearing from you. Until the next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And he is John Dean. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. You ready for this? In German, Bleiben
2: Sie schrecklich, meine Freunde. No, no.